it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you, suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter too, at VOC Nation. Podcast. We are proud to be part of the VOC Nation Radio Network. Stadium Journey is more than just the best place to go for all your sports travel needs. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, shows over 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, featured, and more. And uh, you can also stay in touch with us on social media. We're all over the place. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Like and follow us everywhere. If you need something to do when you lock back down again, hopefully we won't be locking down if there's a vaccine coming out. I'm actually going to get mine in a couple weeks. Yes, you can always binge listen to the Stadium Journey podcast. Just type in VOC Nation Radio Network into your podcast search app or look under the podcast tab on the Stadium Journey website. In addition, all of our video podcasts on the Stadium Journey YouTube channel. And as some of you know, because you're there right now, we also treat we stream live on twitch.tv slash danlaw83. And once again, welcome to everyone watching there right now. Don't be afraid to participate. The chat, chat box is open. And now, let me take one minute and introduce our starting lineup. We got with us today, as always, Dave Cotney. You can follow him online at ProFan9. Mark Riquez is online at Ballpark Hunter. Our producer, Dan Calachico, is online at danlaw83. And I am Paul Baker. Follow me online at PuckmanRI. And today, it's our last live recording of the year 2020. So we're going to resume an annual tradition in self-indulgence that we engage in every year by looking back at all the places we visited over the past year and going through some of our favorite places, cities we visited, and experiences. Now, 2020 has been a little bit different, but we're going to go through the exercise anyway. It's the Stadium Journey Best of 2020 episode, y'all. Woo! So, guys, 2020. A little different than in past years, huh? As far as uh, sports travelers are concerned. I, I think I think it's gone well beyond just sports travelers. 2020 is a little different. True. 
So um, last year, before we got going into our own, our own personal favorites, I reached out to our listeners on Twitter to get some of their best places that they've been over the past year. And I remember, Dave, I think you were the one who says that we got to stop the show now. We can't compete with where our listeners have been. Like we had yeah. people who had gone, like somebody was at Ichiro's last game ever in Japan. And uh, yeah, we had some incredible stuff. And you know what? Our listeners didn't disappoint again this year. So let, let me run down some of our stuff. I, we actually got more uh, of a response this year than we did last year. So I'm going to use people's Twitter handles to protect, uh, you know, to protect the innocent and to protect the guilty. So uh, let me see. We do have some great ones again this year. So uh, our buddy Eddie Hoops. Eddie was the one who had gone to Japan to see Ichiro's last game in 2019. So in 2020, he actually made it to game six of the World Series. <laughs> so how many, how many fans were at the World Series? How many did they let in? Like 1,500 a game? Something like that? I don't know. Not many. It wasn't much. So to be, to be one of the select few is pretty good. He actually went to Paris to see one of the NBA international games. Oh. Um, also made it to the Cotton Bowl to see Texas and Oklahoma play this year. Uh, made it up to Montreal to see the Canadians, obviously before the shutdown. And was also in France. It was in Monaco to see an AS Monaco game. So, Eddie, once again, you have shamed us all. <laughs> uh, what else we got? All right, our, uh, our buddy Dave LB87 said his, his best experience what happened on Super Bowl weekend, was able to do a triple header that weekend. Started out in Buffalo, catching a Sabres game in the afternoon, a matinee. Made it to Syracuse that night for an Orangeman basketball game. And then uh, was able to make it up to Montreal for a Canadiens game on a Sunday afternoon. Wow. That's, that's some driving. I'm just thinking, Buffalo yeah. to Syracuse is at least two hours. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he said the Sabres game actually went into overtime. So made it a tight squeeze. <laughs> Aren't those the worst when you're you got like the double header and it's coming right down to the wire and it's tied? You're like, no. Yeah, you just leave times, early. How many Score, times? Have you somebody, damn it! I know I've rooted against uh, you know a last second shot or something many times. Oh no, this, <laughs> throws, this throws off the whole schedule. Hey, the Beloit River Rockers chimed in, and they said just forget about 2020, bring on 2021. I know they're very excited, Mark, uh, for their, their new ballpark opening in the spring. Yeah, I plan on being there. So ABC Supply Stadium is going to be uh, gorgeous. I would like to plan it out, and I don't know uh, when it's going to open. Uh, one night, go to the old ballpark, Pullman, and then the next night, go to the new ballpark. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for to happen. Hey, that's a great idea. I don't know why more places don't do that. Yeah, one last night at the old place and then start yeah. up the new one. Yeah. Uh, I did that in Birmingham when they, they played at Regents Field and then they played the next day at the Rickwood. So that was kind of a cool little concept. That's different, but uh, I don't think the stadium is going to be ready by opening day in April or May. But who knows, with with the delay in the seasons, they may just open up at the new ballpark, which would be perfectly fine with me as well. But what if you're like some of that clubhouse staff where they're like, you want us to do what all night? To get ready for the game tomorrow, that's where? Maybe that's why. Could no, be. absolutely right. Could be. But yeah, I think that's a cool idea. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't think of any other. Oh, the Boston Bruins did that when they opened up the Fleet Center years and years and years ago. Yeah. They played uh, their, last, yeah. 
they played their last preseason game at the uh, at the old garden. Had all the old Bruins players skating on the ice. That's where you got that legendary picture of Norm Levier being dragged around the ice. If you're a Bruins fan, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then they opened their season at the uh, at the new place the next night. It, it helped that they were only nine inches apart. So uh, let's see who else we got uh, in the in the ballparks. Uh, our buddy Michael Harris said he was able to go to NCAA opening weekend down in Florida this February and hit a spring training game at the Braves new park. And actually, he also got to see the KBO game that was held in Fort Myers at Terry Park. I didn't know the KBO was playing in Florida. That's pretty cool. No, I didn't know that either. Wow. Um, one of our writers, Lloyd Rothwell, the faithful listener, said he was able to catch a few cricket games. He's down in Australia. So uh, the sports were running down there a little bit. They uh, they seem to have bounced back a little quicker than us, although they're struggling right now with the pandemic breaking out again. And he also oh, no. said he was able to see the World Rugby 7 Series down in Parramatta. So if you're a rugby fan, I bet that means a whole lot more than it does to me. But still, still very good. I, and I, I, I think... I'd, I'd be happy with any type of sporting event. If there was a cricket game being played somewhere in Indianapolis, I would be there. I'm with you, Mark. Yeah. yeah, you could have a, like a lumberjack competition where they're climbing the logs, and I would, I would go to that. Oh, yeah. uh, Mark, you could be at the, the Big Ten Championship game right now. Is that, uh, that, how do you, is that uh, taking place? I think, it's just re- I think it's just wrapped up. But, yeah, wasn't oh, that okay. in, in Indy? Ohio State and Northwestern uh, today. I guess, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't aware of that. I heard somebody talk about it being played on a soccer field. No, I think it was. I'm what, gonna look what, that up now. Indy? I have no idea. I, I don't know. Were they allowing fans? I guess they were, since they're allowing fans to Colts games. Well, if you want to, if you want to know why the pandemic is a thing, uh, you should have tuned into the Big Twelve Championship game in Dallas today. There were lots of people there, and they were pretty tight. And, uh, okay. Really. Nice. Yeah, well. One of our stadium huh. journey writers worked security there at AT&T Stadium. I, I could have went to the Big Ten. Well, I, I could have went to the Big Ten Championship. I was not even aware that was happening right now. So. <laughs> there you go. It's okay. so funny how like, some things have just fallen off our radar. Like Normally, we would be all over this stuff and know every little detail about it. And now, like, oh, there was a game? Yeah. I mean, I, I knew I knew the MLS Cup was played last Saturday, and I, I debated going and – Kind of, kind of debated that in my head. Wife didn't want me to go. I'm, I'm sure it would have been fine if I went, but yeah. But the Big Ten, that kind of came up and surprised me. Wow, I have heard nothing about it at all. Surprised Ohio State that they were allowed to play too. I, I did hear some about Ohio State being being played uh, despite canceling of a game. I don't know. I 2020 is such an odd year. I, the World Series could be playing right now. I wouldn't even know that. Uh, yeah, they're, they're talking about pushing back the start of the uh, the baseball season, too. Maybe doing it starting in May rather than April. I can see that. So I can see that. going to a night game in the Northeast or Midwest in April, hey, it's not a bad idea. No, no, that wouldn't be a bad idea. You're absolutely right. All right, so who else we got? Oh, L. Birdman said he was able, before everything shut down, to hit up a game at the Alamo Dome, AT&T Stadium, and University of Texas football and basketball. So nice, nice. And uh, our buddy Jason Bond said, oh, this was a great story. He said he has a tradition that in which he, he honors his dad by making a road trip to one NASCAR venue every year. And he said every single one that he had chosen 
systematically was canceled. But he was able to make it to Kansas City, the uh, the Speedway in Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas, in October. He said he was one of about 10,000 people. He said it was frigid, frigid cold, but there was if there was a way to get to a track this year, he was going to do it, and he was able to make it to Kansas City to honor his dad. So that's great, Jason. And one last one, uh, Shane Bua, that Shane Bua, said he only went to one game this year. It was at Amelie Arena, so that was his favorite. <laughs> but he said hey, it was awesome. Get... It was awesome anyway, he said. <laughs> did you get one from uh, Maxim Duck 99 I didn't. Yeah. No, yeah. he was going to put in that uh, his sporting venue highlight of the year was uh, watching Toronto FC projected on the side of my shed. <laughs> hey, now that's, that's my brother-in-law. He asked. He asked me, "Hey, was this uh, when when we went to the NCAA? When was that?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, that was that wasn't 2020. That was 2019." Oh man! <laughs> you you know what? I, he's not alone. I had to do when we were uh, you know researching the different categories and stuff. I had to look back. Was that 2019? Was that 2020? It's all blurring together. I don't know. So let's get started in our own our own categories here. So uh, let's start off by talking about the best game we went to this year. Now, there still were games, but I'm guessing that most of us are going to go back to January, February, where we, when we were still able to travel for most of our responses. So, Mark, last year you went first. So, Dave, I'm going to let you go first this year. The I know why you're letting me go first. Why is that? Because I'm going in your backyard. All right. Give it My time. game of the year was at the dunk. It was the Providence Friars 74 and the Seton Hall Pirates 71. So it was uh, it was uh, on my my trip with my son. We we headed out to New England way, uh, caught a few caught a few games. Uh, the end of our triple header that day was Seton Hall against Providence. At the time, Seton Hall was ranked 10 and first in the Big East, and um, yeah, Providence went out to this big, huge 25-point lead, which they just let disappear throughout the game. Uh, um, Seton Hall hit a big three with, like, about three seconds left, uh, and then they had to foul, uh, and Providence hit their foul shots. And uh, it was the first time that I had seen a storming of the court, so that's that's kind of what made that one interesting to me is that the uh, the students decided to storm the court after, um, except they did it a little too early. There was about a second left on the on the clock, or no, sorry, there wasn't a second left on the clock. I think they um, there there was a yeah there was a second there was a foul second left on the clock. The 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 Seton Hall guy had to hit two foul shots, and uh, Providence was up by three. So security had to clear the floor, get all the stupid students off, uh, and then and then they really lined they really lined the floor for for the those last few seconds. And it was awesome watching these security guys pick up these these college students, just throw them all over the place because they're trying to get on the floor. So so yeah, it was it was in Paul Baker land that my game of the year was Providence against Seton Hall, and the underdog Friars beat the. Uh, beat the top-ranked Seton Hall Pirates in Big East basketball. 
this is the fourth time we've done one of these shows, and Dave, this is the first time I think you haven't picked something from New Year's Day. Uh, I picked a lot. <laughs> no, well, no, last year my game of the year was. Uh, oh, that's uh, right, the Battle of Waterloo. Battle of Waterloo, but every every year it's been football, I think. So I think this is the first year it has been football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dunk could be a great place to catch a game when it's when it's full. And it's funny knowing all the security guards at the dunk. I can't see a lot of them picking up kids and throwing them. Worth <laughs> 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 the price of admission alone. <laughs> yeah, it was good time. Mark, how salty are you? Salty crowd. Salty crowd. Yeah, Providence. <laughs> yeah, they take it seriously there. Providence, <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, is just really a suburb of Boston when it comes to sports. But when it comes to the Friars, man, that's that's their team. It's closest thing we got to big time sports here in Rhode Island. So, Mark, best game of the year for you this year? Uh, you know, when, when I when I do ballparks and stadiums, I don't really pay attention to the game sometimes. It's, I'm just there for the experience. So I I know the year before I saw some I saw a no hitter get broken up in Burlington, Iowa. I that was saw, your pick last year, Mark. Yeah, I saw Loose City tie the game in, in extra time to go on to win against Indy 11. So th those are very exciting games that I was paying attention to. I'm trying to think exactly what game did I watch this year that was a nail-biter or, or very back and forth. I, I saw some great high school games. Uh, I, I would say probably going to Lynn Family Stadium to see the Loose City versus Pittsburgh Riverhounds game was pretty exciting just because it's the last place I went to to see a game. It was this new soccer stadium. You had 5,000 fans there. It would have been jam-packed if we did not have a, a pandemic. And um, I remember the first goal scored. I was sitting in the uh, supporter section, so or standing, I should say. And everybody got jazzed up. The lights were blinking. Purple and, and white smoke was being bellowed out of uh, the pipes. Uh, so that, that was probably one of my favorite times, just because it was a little sense of back to normalcy in some aspects. It was a playoff game. and. If, you know, Loose City was able to uh, host a game the pro next week because of that win. Uh, and it's everything that stadium could be and will be, uh, with the exception of the attendance, because uh, there, there, there will be a lot more. I mean, I think it seats about 12,000, 15,000 folks. So that was an exciting game. It was a playoff game. And Loose City, it feels like every year they're in the playoffs and advancing to the conference for the championship. They're... Louisville, Louisville fans have been very spoiled from the get-go with their USL championship squad. So that probably was an exciting game, uh, probably the most exciting game I saw this year. You always have great things to say about Lou City whenever you go there. So, Yes, Lou City, I mean, it's, oof, I can hardly wait till 2021 or 2022. I don't know because... You saw, you, you noticed that the, the supporter group, the Coopers, were not in full force this year. They usually march to the stadium. They do this big spectacle. You didn't have that this year. Uh, also, Butchertown is next to the stadium, right across the railroad tracks. That's going to be an area where people uh, gravitate to before the game for drinks and, and shenanigans. That was all closed this year. Uh, Nulu was just coming out of uh, massive protest. So you had a little bit of that after effect, but things were getting better. So it was it was a very solemn experience around the stadium, but once you were inside, uh, a lot different. Yes, I, I do have a lot of nice things to say about Louisville City. Next year, they're going to have a woman's team 
in uh, racing Louisville, and I, I'm kind of excited to see what that's going to look like. Are they playing in the same place? They're playing in the same stadium. You're right. I I love women's soccer, you know, National Women's Soccer League. I've been to a few games in my lifetime, and depending on what city you're in, you, you see a difference in support. You know, sky blue, eh, Portland, a little bit better support out there. So I'm hoping Louisville City is, is sort of more like Portland. I have a feeling that they will be. Uh, well, you'll find out next year on this show. Awesome. What yeah, I, I've been lucky said. enough. I've been lucky enough to go to one uh, NWSL game as well. It, Boston doesn't have a team anymore, but I was able to go to a, yeah. a break. Were they the Breakers? Or the, yeah. Yeah, Boston Breakers. The Breakers. Um, it was a nice experience. Yeah, like you said, yeah. it was a packed crowd. All right. So for okay. me, uh, you know, you were, funny, Mark, you were just mentioning that you've been to games where you didn't even know like the score at the end, or you, you didn't really pay attention. I was yeah. actually here. This was not my best game, but I was actually at a no hitter this year and didn't know it until the next day. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. We were at, we were at East Field for a game with the Glens Falls Independents, one of those little pop-up summer college leagues. Went there um, to catch the uh, Glens Falls Independents. And East Field didn't have a scoreboard. They had taken it. It had fallen down or they had taken it down to replace it. Hadn't put up anything new. And so we didn't know what was going on. Um, didn't have any announcements about what was going on. The next day I went and looked up the game and hey it was a no hitter so <laughs> so that was pretty funny um i also wanted to shout out this did not make my uh my best game either but just being a part of the nw uh the N yeah the nwhl all-star game last year was, was such a thrill and being able to do the pa for that and being just a part of the show and seeing what goes into doing doing an event like that a two-day event was, was just a lot of fun and it was a shame that the season got stopped right before the the finals but my best game i'm gonna go i'm gonna stay in boston i'm gonna talk about the bean pot for those of you who don't know what the bean pot is annual college hockey tournament the four division one teams in boston play two games two semifinals on a monday finals on the following monday now the semifinals the second semifinal game went into double overtime and boston university beat boston college 5-4 so a double overtime game at the Bean Pot ends around 1 a.m. And so, of course, I had to drive home, get back up for work the next morning. So it was not a happy camper. But made it back the next weekend for the final. Wouldn't you know it, the final double overtime game once again. Northeastern 5, Boston University 4. Uh, Jordan Harris won the game at 14.33 of the second overtime, which makes it the second longest Bean Pot final ever and made it three final win three uh, bean pot wins in a row for northeastern so just a thrilling game b bu actually tied it up in the last seconds to bring it to overtime and then we got to play another two periods and what yeah <laughs> again so two mondays in a row i was hurting at work on the tuesday because it gets hard when you get old man it's not like when you're 20 you can go go to sleep for a few hours no you're absolutely right <laughs> I'm and an old man me, now. Yeah. For me to, to go just to get to Boston is an hour drive. So game ends at one, takes you takes you about half an hour, forty five minutes to wrap up, get out of the building, drive home, go to sleep, get up the next morning at six AM. So yeah, it was it was a short night, but it was a great night. It was a fantastic tournament. What really made this the best game for me was that uh, we've talked about this a lot of times. The best thing about college sports, the student sections. And hockey, especially, man, the student sections can can make or break an atmosphere. 
and two of the best in New England are BU and Northeastern. And they had them sitting in the upper level of the of the uh, the garden side by side. So they were just going at it all night. And the, these kids uh, didn't let up the energy in the overtime or the second overtime. So the place, the roof just blew off the place when, when Northeastern won. So my, my best game of the year, the Beanpot final, Northeastern five, Boston University four in double overtime. So on to our next category. Uh, let's go with our, our favorite venue of the year. Dave, I'll start with you once again. Uh, my favorite venue, that's, that was a hard one. Um, I went with TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. Uh, mainly because I didn't have too many, too many new venues to, to call my favorite. So uh, we were at the Gator Bowl. Um, I would cheat a little bit because in 2019, uh, just before just before New Year's, we went to the Jacksonville Jaguars game, uh, and the venue. You know what? The venue is is pretty underrated. Uh, they have some they have some neat stuff. They have um, I know Dan loves this place. They have Daly's place, which is a an outdoor covered amphitheater, which is just off the. Uh, just off the main concourse, and they've been doing a bunch of wrestling stuff there. Um, they have a they have a little swimming pool there. They have a pet paradise. See, this is Dan's place. This is Dan's favorite venue. He's gotta go here. I gotta go there. Um, they you have said a pet place pet on there. Paradise. Yeah. Um, pet yeah, paradise where you can bring your dog to the to the Jags game. And uh, yeah, no, we we had a we had a good time. Um, I, I will say. Probably, probably the the biggest surprise of of that trip was the Gator Bowl, where uh, Tennessee was playing Indiana, and uh, Indiana, of course, had a, a good football season this year. They also had a good football season last year, um, not as good as this year, but the support for Indiana was really strong, a lot stronger than I expected. I fully expected. Tennessee to blow the place out, which they did, um, and and actually that Gator Bowl was was in the running for game of the year too. It was a uh, it was a close uh, late Tennessee win, but I figured I needed to do something other than football for my game of the year. So yeah, I went with TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. Nice, excellent choice. Uh, I guess I've never been there, so I assume it's an excellent choice. Mark, how about you? Your favorite venue of the year? Uh, I already said Lynn Family Stadium. That was my favorite venue. I mean, it's a beautiful soccer venue for Division II soccer and would fit perfectly in MLS if they were to renovate it and add seats. Uh, but I'm going to say my favorite venue was probably Turtle Creek Stadium in uh, Traverse City, Michigan. That's home of the Pit Spitters of the Northwoods League, a summer collegiate club. And that was a trip that I, I just decided to do on the spur of the moment. I was in Lansing. I was going to head home to Indianapolis. I saw that I was a little over three hours away. I decided to go for the heck of it. Wonderful time. It's a ballpark that really stands out among other stadiums anywhere in the country. It doesn't look like your typical uh, brick baseball stadium or steel. It's, it's design looks like it's a cottage home that's very popular throughout the Traverse City area. 
and there were COVID restrictions, so you only had 500 people at the game, but it didn't feel as if any of the excitement or atmosphere was taken away. You had the, the craft brew place was open. You had the mascots on the field doing, uh, they were doing slingshots for prizes. They had a beer batter where the guy stood at second base and he would hit a ball over the, over the fence. If you did, you got a free, you got like a $2 beer or $2.50 beer. It was just a fun little environment to be. And, uh, you know, once again, it felt like things were a little bit back to normal while I was at the game. Plus, it's a beautiful city, uh, and the ballpark really uh, looks like it belongs in, in uh, Traverse City. I guarantee you, if you've ever been up there and you've taken pictures from the inside and outside, you know darn well where you're at. So that, that was a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. One of the players in the bullpen actually did like a, a backflip off the wall, and he did that for me again for me to record it. Unfortunately, I have no idea where that recording is. So I I thought I, I like, dang, that's such a unique thing that somebody does. So uh, he did a backflip. It was beautiful. But whoever you are, excellent job. I don't have it on tape. So, yeah, my favorite venue, Turtle Creek Stadium, uh, Traverse City Pittsfitters. Nice. Everybody I've, who I know who's ever visited that ballpark has just raved about it. So. Yeah, it's a little bit hard to get to. I have to admit, it's 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 a drive, if, unless you live in the area. And then once you get up there, you have to get off the interstate or the state road. You have to follow like some hilly one-lane road, two-lane roads. It's a little bit of a drive there. But once you get to that town and that ballpark, it's like it's kind of worth the travel because it's just such, it's just a nice little spot. Now, that's in the summer college leagues, right? Yeah, Northwoods League. So yeah. they play, uh, they play, um, they play, uh, what's the team? Kalamazoo and, and Kokomo, Indiana, which is a little bit of a drive to come down to Kokomo to play, uh, from Traverse City, but uh, they make it work. All right. Fantastic. So, uh, let's see. For me, my favorite venue, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. And, uh, once I start talking, you guys will understand why. My, my venue of the year is McCoy Stadium. Of now, course. I was not even there for a game this year, but somehow, the outgoing Paw Sox managed to uh, make that a kind of a central spot of my summer. Uh, they did a bunch of drive-by giveaways, so you had to drive up to the ballpark to, to get all the stuff they were giving away. They were going to give away at the games, but they gave them away just, just uh, if you sign up. And uh, they did uh, what they call the dining on the diamond for, for fans who wanted to go by one more time, spend a few hours in the ballpark and, and say their goodbyes. And I was lucky enough to get up to go there after two rainouts. They scheduled me on the very last seating of the summer. So it was, geez, not that long ago. It was October, I think. Either end of September or beginning of October. So it was pretty cold. Um, but fittingly, as one of the longtime staffers of the Pawsock says, yeah, Paul, again, you're one of the last ones out. So just like old days, it was great to uh, be able to catch the game, catch the ballpark one last time, and say my goodbyes. Uh, what's going to happen to McCoy Stadium going forward? We don't know. They were supposed to announced something last November, but here we are uh, over a year later, and they haven't announced the plans. And with the uncertainty in the minor leagues right now, it's not surprising. So I don't think we'll see anything at McCoy Stadium in 2021, but potentially in 2022, we'll see what's going on. So for me, uh, more so of a lifetime achievement award than, than the best venue I visited this year. And you know what, even on a good year, I would not consider McCoy Stadium to be an elite ballpark but it was a big part of my life, as anyone who listens to the show knows. So for 2020, saying goodbye to McCoy Stadium, that's my best ballpark of the year. 
Okay, so our next category is best city that we were able to visit this year. Um, the pickings may be slim for some of us, uh, really only two months of traveling. So Dave, why don't you go first? Best city that you visited in 2020. Yeah, serious, uh, serious slim pickings. They were so slim I had to go with Boston. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I dare you uh, to find a better city than Boston to visit. <laughs> well, the thing is, and, and uh, truth be told, I do enjoy Boston. Um, but this year, I was in Boston for like a day or two days. Uh, and, and that's about it. So, you know, actually, funny enough, you're talking about the um, the bean pot and you're talking about Northeastern and Boston University. Well, I took in the other half. Uh, I got to hockey at, at uh, Conti Forum for Boston College and uh, Bright Landry uh, Hockey Center for Harvard. So, so yeah, there we go. We, uh, bean pot, uh, Boston hockey, uh, we're looking for that sponsorship call. Got you covered, guys. <laughs> Oh, we lost the audio for Dave there. It's like dead air, dead yeah. air, dead air, dead air, dead air. It happens on radio all the time. Uh, so, so, so yeah, so Dave, Dave's talking about Boston, and, you know, yes, I agree. Are you there, Dave? Uh, well, Dave. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. yeah I, don't, I, don't know where, I don't know where you lost at, but, uh, you know, Boston. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Dan, Dan's going to cut that whole conversation out just because it was Boston. Probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just just put a big a big Boston uh, teacup there. No, that's okay. You know, I'll let I'll let him have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? No matter no matter where you go, what time of year, it's a great sports city. There's lots of different places to check out. Whether you're there's no big time college sports there, but you know, for for qu quality quantity, maybe over quality, you can't beat it. You say, I sure you say, felt smart on the – actually, was I even in Boston? Like, because Boston College is kind of not Boston. And technically, Harvard no. Is kinda, technically, that's not. No, but Kind of not Boston. So, Northeastern smack dab in Boston, yeah. Northeastern is, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I've been before. I, I, I have uh, experiences from before. Um, I love the Barking Crab, and the Boston Tea Party Museum is probably one of my favorite – historical attractions anywhere i've never been there it's fun you gotta go you're you're in character they give you a character and it's it's timely so uh yeah and then they they tell you um they tell you what your character did so if you were let's say a little unscrupulous and instead of throwing the tea over you decided to steal some um the uh the people that worked there informed you that you were hung <laughs> oh, you can't steal stuff, man. So <laughs> neck time party. Yeah. No wonder you went to the Barking Crab. It's right up the street. Yep. Yeah, great seafood. I, I actually, one of our online friends, Dan, uh, your friend Ronald. Oh, um, Ford. Yeah. yeah, went up. Ron Ford went up to uh, Boston, asked me for some recommendations. Barking Crab was one of the places I sent him. Said he loved it. And we all know what a Barking Crab really is, right? No idea. Don't care. Really? You don't know what a barking crab is? No idea what that means. I have no Flatulence. idea either. Flatulence. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, how much you know how much seafood and how 
The amount of seafood I've had in my life is also the amount of time in Boston I've spent. Zero. There you go. That's all right. Not everybody's cup of tea. By uh, choice. See what I did? See what I did? I there. hate driving in Boston. I hate driving in Boston. Oh, That's yeah. about it. Everything else I like. Boston's the worst city to drive in. No doubt. I hate saying the name Boston. I hate your teams. That's why you have me on all We're your money. He, he hates other teams. You don't live in Boston. Team. Nope, I don't. That's why I have you on. <laughs> Everybody from Ross, Boston is racist or sexist, so I've been told. You know, it's funny, too, when I explain to people, I'm actually closer to Providence than Boston. They can't understand that. They can't understand how roads work? <laughs> yeah, they no. can look at a map. Yeah, exactly. I hate teams. <laughs> I, I, I unquestionably hate teams from three cities or three areas. Uh Four areas. Anything outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's growing quickly. No, no, no. I meant for everything not in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. It doesn't really count. It's just Pittsburgh. Um, New York. Uh, football teams that don't play in their own state. New York teams. Uh, New York baseball teams. So New York. Boston and anything above Trenton. Oh, God. All right. All right. Speaking so you hate the Somerset Patriots. Yeah, hate them too. Don't know what they are. Hate them. <laughs> They're the uh, double-A affiliate of the Yankees now. Oh, I hate them even worse now. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> All right, Mark. Favorite, best city you were visiting this year? Uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was in Wilkes-Barre, but. They don't even well. like it there. Joe no, Biden no, went no, to Delaware no. to get away from there. No, Wilkes-Barre. Oh, he was in not Wilkes-Barre. He's yeah, from he was Scranton. Scranton. What's yeah, the difference? Uh, there, there is a big difference, believe it or not. Scrum's a little more livelier. Wilkes Fair oh. downtown is like a, a ooh, ghost town. But anyway, my favorite city is nowhere in the map of where Dan just announced. It was uh, Traverse, Traverse City, Michigan. That One heck fine. of a town. One heck of a town. If you're from the East Coast, you may have never heard of Traverse City. If you're from the Midwest, it's this touristy place. Uh, but there's lakes. There's um, breweries, distilleries. You can go boating. Right, uh, you can just, I know what that is. You can just park your car and hop into the lake, go swimming, have a picnic, play volleyball. Uh, there's there's tons of boats out there that people just jump on and, and take a trip. Uh, tons of wineries, tons of distilleries, breweries. Uh, there's a pedestrian walkway where there's shops and restaurants of all sorts. It's just a pretty little town. And when you're not really – when you're not – knowing what to expect uh it was a very pleasant surprise this year and like i said it's sort of kind of isolated from many parts of michigan it's, it's a little bit of a drive from i'd say it's about a uh, hour and a half drive north from grand rapids maybe then you have to get off the road and, and go through these winding little towns and, and winding little roads so so mark it's it's up here right <laughs> yeah yeah hold on yeah it's right here so there's there's the mint, but yeah, it's 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 a cool spot, and and you know I'd love to go back there with the wife. I wish she was up there. I think she would she would enjoy the wineries. Tons of wineries that I didn't even get to, and just some scenic drives. If you just want, if you like to drive along the coast and just see water and hills and, and, and greenery and, and little cherry little <laughs> places where people are selling cherries, New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Well, you know, you could you could do that. But I mean, you technically. <laughs> You gotta see Wildwood. You gotta see Kingsburg. You gotta see Seaside. Eh, those, those are not my ideal places. But no, no, Traverse City was gorgeous. The hotels are pricey though. If, if people go camping up there, 
that that's your best bet. The hotels can run quite a bit of money, uh, even more than what you would pay in New York or Boston uh, for a, a hotel. It, it's it's astonishingly it's 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 ridiculously expensive. Now you may find some you know small motel that look like it hasn't been updated since the 1960s. Nope. You you might be able to get a good deal there, but I think Paul's a hotel snob, so you won't catch him there. Do me a favor. Uh, you guys subscribe to a channel called This is Dan Bell and this is you Dan. and watch another dirty room and tell me how many little Ooh. motels you ever stay in ever again. <laughs> because I, I've I stayed in my share. Because I'm, that won't be happening with me ever again. Yeah. If I'm staying somewhere, I'm going to spend $100 a night because no, that's over. No, no, I, I think that's a problem. Well, the thing is, you're spending 200 to. Two fifty to four hundred dollars a night at a hotel during the summer in Travis. I'm not that much of a snob. No, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm mean, like, really, guys? Is, I don't know how many hotel rooms. No, that that's a little much. That, that play, if it's that much, there better be a, a, an escort in the room with me. <laughs> All and you can drink, I'll take for free drinks, maybe free porn channel and an escort for that much. Sure. <laughs> oh boy, this show. Holy, I said escort. I could have used a different word. <laughs> But I said escort. This show has been rated PG-13. 13. I could have said hooker. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I said. Well, I could have said hooker, in, but you like didn't say hooker. I in Winnipeg 25 years ago. I could oh, have okay. said whore. I okay, back on, back on track, back on track. And I meant men or woman, just to just to be, just to to be clarify. Oh, no, you, you could get some nice hotels there now for $98. So. I'm surprised higher, the hotels were that much during a pandemic. Is it higher clientele yeah, than no, the, the, the hotels were high. I'm like, good Lord. The hotels are around a hundred bucks now, so maybe maybe I get the wife will go to Traverse City. There you go. Your bets off. Yeah. As long yeah. as the clientele is higher than they were on Abram Wilson Boulevard in the eighties and nineties. Okay. Hey, and uh, just for Look the record, that one up. I used to be a hotel snob because I had kids that worked for Marriott and I could get the family uh, rate, and so I yeah. I would stay in the best hotels they had for for forty bucks. Yeah, uh, no, I don't blame you. The job, damn both of them. Listen. Yeah, I made that mistake once. My my hotel when we went to New Orleans and I stayed in the same hotel that Paul was staying at and then I got big crap for that when I got home. Uh, <laughs> uh, my hotel snobbery is I draw the line at as long as nothing's gonna bite my ass that I didn't pay for in the middle of the night. Yeah, that was a nice hotel in New Orleans too. Crossing all kinds of lines this year. Well, was yeah, it? Until what, Bill, Bill came. Yeah. yeah, right now, the Hotel Indigo in Traverse Cities, uh, if you're looking to get a room there in June, 465 bucks. And that's right be, now. You might be able to go there in June. Uh, you can also get the Sleep In for 135 The Sleep In. Sleep yeah. In? The sleep in which yeah, is a motel. you don't want to stay at a Sleep In, Dan. I'm not staying at a Sleep In. Just the, be, the, name, the name screams mold, fungus, and bugs. But no hookers. I mean, escorts. All right, guys. All right. Yeah. Days in, 161. All right. Uh, the Travel Channel update will. Listen, it, you would have <laughs> let. If you would have let me live with escorts, I wouldn't have said the other word. But you let. You, you couldn't let it go. I, nobody said a word. I, I added. Let's go. Where were you, Paul? What city? Pick it up. <laughs> hey, Traverse City is where they filmed American Pie too, isn't it? Speaking of escorts and pie, I'm sorry. Uh, it was in Michigan. I'm not sure if it was up there though, but it we was can look it up. It was a town called uh, Great Lakes, or something like that. But yeah, I always imagine that was Traverse City. All I right, imagine anyway. going to Michigan just to drive through to get to any other state around it. 
All right, my yeah. best city of the year. <laughs> uh, I took one one big cross country trip at the beginning of the year to Los Angeles. That is my city of the year. All right. Jeez, uh, uh, Los Angeles is not my piece of cake. Too big, too crowded. Traffic, LA traffic, is a real thing for any of you who have been out there. And just to bring it back around, Paul, you know what they have there for a good price? Hotels. Escorts. I don't know. I was there with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, while we were out there, we caught the Lakers. Well, we were going to catch the Lakers, but uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yes, yeah, slight uh, problem there. Caught the, the uh, Kings, the Ducks, uh, who else was out there? The Clippers. Caught them all. So it was a nice week. Got to do all the touristy stuff. Eat all the man versus food places in L.A. Uh, yeah, had some fantastic food. Got Pam. Pam is a kind of a fussy eater. Not on your level, Dan, but she's kind of fussy. So I got her to get her to try a lot of different things. Fantastic. Does uh, she eat only the ni- same nine things over and over? At all, but okay, yeah. uh, certain certain things that she cannot eat. So. Got it. Um, went and did like all the touristy things, like Santa Monica Pier, and uh, we saw the taping of an episode of. Um, what the heck's the name of the show? Last Man Standing. Ah. So it was, it was interesting to be at a filming of a sitcom. Um, went to games every night. Uh, you know, did a tour of Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium, man, I've got to get back there for a game. i got to tell you, I loved Dodger Stadium. Fantastic. Looks like a fantastic place to catch a game. Dave and Mark, you guys could probably speak on that. I know you've both been there. Yes, I have. My mom, hold on, I have to interrupt yeah. you. I did go see a game there. I bought a ticket. I was with my mother, and the young lady asked my mom, oh, did you want a ticket? And my mom, the stubborn woman that she was, said, no, I stopped rooting for the Dodgers once they left Brooklyn. And she got mad at this young lady. This was in 2005. The lady's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't around. So the my, mom would never, my mom would never step foot in the Dodgers stadium. That was how dare you even ask her to do such a thing. So, yes. Uh, is your mom from uh, Brooklyn? No, she's from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, but her father, my grandfather, was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. I don't know how that happened. Maybe because they were good. The Phillies were terrible. So uh, <laughs> That probably had something she, to do with it, yeah. <laughs> she, she, liked, she liked what my grandfather liked, and both of them just swore off the team once they moved to uh, Los Angeles. So, And that was in what, 50? 57. Sir, Kelly's dad, living, yeah. born and raised in Brooklyn. Once they left, that was it. That was it. It was the F you, I'm never watching you or supporting you again. You are the devil. To the day he died, it never went away. It was absolutely. Yeah, to the day she died. Hey, they took their team. And the way they took their team, just a little quick side note. If anybody's ever seen the, no, no, quick side note. There is a documentary that is on YouTube and aired on HBO Hmm. years ago called The Ghosts of Flatbush. Uh, watch that, and it'll absolutely change your mind about the ownership and what happened and why. And I can absolutely understand why your mother would say that, why Kelly's dad would say that. I, I absolutely understand. Just me. I got a stadium journey prediction here. So my prediction is... That's a good prediction. That's a good prediction. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to dub over that. We heard, we heard nothing. We had, we heard. My prediction is. My prediction is nothing. You're muted. We heard none of that. Uh Oh, okay. So yeah, LA. Wait, 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 wait. Are you back, Dave? I think so. All right. I really want to hear your prediction. Oh, my prediction is that Paul is going to go to 
Dodger Stadium, and he's going to hate it. Am I going to hate it? Yeah, because he everything about Dodger Stadium is what Paul hates in stadiums. It's it's not even out in the middle of nowhere, and it's not surrounded by parking lots. It's surrounded by parking acreage, and it's I, in a hole. I t- it's literally <laughs> inside of a hole. I talked to guys that were that are L.A. fans that are yeah. Dodgers you come in fans. at the top at the third upper deck. Yeah. I talk to guys that are Dodgers fans that hate that place. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, I mean, Phoenix used to go back to LA. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's 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 a fun it's a fun place, and you got to think about it. They've been at the same stadium since what 1961. Yeah. Third oldest ballpark in the majors. So uh, it was, a, you know, it, I think it has lasted longer than than Ebbets Field, if I'm correct. So it was a nice, or almost as old. Yeah, yeah, almost or around the same time. So it was a good decision to build a new stadium. Can you imagine they did that in Brooklyn? That that stadium could still be there, or maybe it would have do, been Shea. Or do you know the you know. Con- the the uh, uh, the uh, what's no. the word I'm looking for? The the circumstances and how they built that stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. F- oh yeah. They, yeah. F- they had a, yeah. Unfortunately, they ran out a, a lot of. Uh, people from their homes yes that's As ugly truth the words yeah. the words unfortunate and out of home is <laughs> and that, that doesn't get told a lot that story no. does not get told a lot if not at all you have to research that's, that that's a uh, a theme throughout a lot of the building and designing of los angeles the highways and, and a lot of the public areas is the displacement of the people who are already there yes, I I f- oh, uh yeah that that um that story I actually read through this summer. Yeah. It's called "Stealing Home," and uh, it's more than just it's more than just some big evil baseball guy kicking out a bunch of people. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's really deep. I mean, it gets into the FBI and the Communist Party. And yeah, it's a it's, convolu- it's convoluted. Convoluted is a nice way of putting it. <laughs> okay, so this is a happy podcast. Let's get on to happier. Um, Happier subjects. I tried. I mentioned escorts, and you guys maybe stopped. So, well, escorts are sad too. Because that's not sad. It's sad. Sex work is work, buddy. It, it's work, but yeah, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, <laughs> a lot of the women it's sad. <laughs> well, um, a lot of the right. men it's sad. Um, all right. So, uh, not the website I go. Not to, yeah, that's like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes i got paul that's all i wanted (laughs) all right so our surprise venue of the year or surprise event of the year my house happened and we're not talking fandom because that that was that was well it was a surprise (laughs) (laughs) let's uh let's uh talk about sports well all right never mind yes Uh, yes, yes. first (laughs) okay uh surprise um i don't know going to yukon was kind of a surprise uh, it was pretty good, but but honestly, uh, I'm sitting in it. This is my surprise of the year. Uh, <laughs> my my surprise is that I'm sitting in a cottage at Wasaga Beach, uh, something that I never ever thought in life that I would do. I was very outspoken about not wanting a cottage and and being bored and uh, and yeah, COVID happened. COVID changed life and. Um, you know, as opposed to going to a hundred and something games in the year, you, we bought a cottage and I uh, got into the literary journey, which is 
which is something like 60 books this year. And uh, I, I don't know how I could have anything else that is more surprising than than sitting here. And, uh, you know, I got the nice, the nice outdoor view happening and uh, we had some snow up here and we're really looking like uh, we're going to spend uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day up here. And um, yeah, life has changed a lot. So we'll see where the stadium journeys go in the future because uh, you can't you can't press pause on on the cottage like you can <laughs> like you can the travels can't press pause on the mortgage the boss won't let me press pause how, how, on the mortgage. how old are the kids they can <laughs> yeah, get a they, job they, they talk about big big changes you got an empty nest coming in a few years just wait well yeah my uh, my kids are my daughter's gonna be 18 next month and my son is 13 and uh, uh, for those who don't follow on social media, my daughter announced yesterday that she is going to follow in her parents' footsteps and be a Laurier Golden Hawk. So that's all good. Congratulations on that. We watched. And if she oh. would, if she would have went to Western, we would have kicked her out. We watched. <laughs> we, Kelly and I watched dash cam videos just to laugh at how dumb people are driving. And there was one, and they passed Laurier because the signs out front. <laughs> Oh really? Well, I missed the <laughs> so I missed the accident, and I would have never picked this out before I met you. But I saw, uh, hey, Laurier! <laughs> oh shit! I gotta rewind it. <laughs> I gotta find the link. I'll try to find because it's like days ago. I'll try to find it and send it to you. Screenshot ago, the moment Dan went, huh? kitty. <laughs> well, under the title of "Some Things Are Bigger Than Sports," Dave, that purchase actually absolutely. Uh, Trumps anything that uh, we're going to talk about sports-wise. So congratulations to you and the family on that. And uh, Mark making you're... sign languages. Mark, Mark, like something about not being able to talk or something. Just <laughs> unmute. Uh, All I'll... right. Yeah, never mind. What's he saying? I... Go next. Okay. Go next. So, so I will skip Mark and go to myself. Apparently, uh, write better than we can type. <laughs> yeah, really. No kidding. <laughs> I just go, Paul. Next dogs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, so um, I, I've got a few surprises here. First of all, a surprise thing that happened. I mean, it's a very unfortunate thing, but I happened to be in Los Angeles when Kobe Bryant was involved in that helicopter crash that killed him and uh, his daughter, and I think five other people. And just the way that that hit the city of Los Angeles was unbelievable. The whole city went into mourning. Um, I know Kobe had his issues as a player, and he had a lot of detractors, but the way he was seen and respected in that city, I, we were talking at the time that it happened. I couldn't see another athlete in another city having the same effect that uh, Kobe's passing did on the city of Los Angeles. We, Like uh, I was going to say before, we were supposed to go to the Lakers game, which was going to be the night after the helicopter crash, and they ended up canceling the game. But we uh we went downtown, and the whole area around the Staples Center had been turned into this giant memorial. People had left flowers and artwork and sneakers and basketballs, and people had written messages, handwritten messages on the sidewalks, and left all kinds of presents and memorials. The whole you walked all the way around the Staples Center, and it was just lined with flowers and tributes and presents. It was just such an amazing thing to to see the effect. Uh, 
that Kobe Bryant had on the city of Los Angeles and his passing had uh, on not just the sports fans out there, but just everybody out there. It was incredible to see. Um, but as far as venues I went to that surprised the heck out of me, one on this trip, on my L.A. trip, actually fit the bill. We took a cross-country flight, arrived in L.A. at about 4, between 4 and 5 o'clock, and you know what we did? We went straight to a game. We went. We were staying in Ontario, the centerpiece of this trip. We spent the first half of it in Ontario for the American Hockey League All-Star Game. So while we were there, there was a basketball, a college basketball court that we had not covered for Stadium Journey. So I said, Pam, if we make it, to make it out there in time, we're going to a game. So we went to California Baptist University in Riverside, California, to the CBU Event Center. Now, what I was expecting this place to look like was just, I was expecting it to look like one of the gyms in the Northeast. A little small place with some bleachers or maybe some seats and seat about, you know, a couple thousand people. Uh, we get out there. It was this, first on the outside, it was built, the whole campus is built in this uh, southwestern style, southwestern Pueblo style. I don't know. Pueblo is not right because those are those big stone buildings, but maybe that's, maybe that's right there. But it looked very southwestern. Giant statue. The team is called the Lancers. There was this giant statue of a knight with a giant sword on top of a horse right outside the building. We went inside. It was this modern, beautiful, brand new facility that seats about 4,000 fans. And we were just blown away by it. It was just a fantastic place to catch in a game. Um, you know, we were both so tired that I don't remember much about the game. I know they played the Kansas City Kangaroos, which is a pretty cool name for a football team. And Kansas City won. Uh, but the ballpark, the ballpark, the, the arena was, was beautiful and very, very surprised. I would, if you're in the area, in the Riverside, California area, I would, and during basketball season, I would recommend that you go there. So that was one of my surprises. And the other one happened during baseball season. I only got to go to a couple games this summer, but uh, we did visit Shuttleworth Park in Amsterdam, New York. Um, for a little, the home of the Mohawk, Amsterdam Mohawks of the Perfect Game League. Uh, mm -hmm. Nice ballpark built in the 20s. And uh, very much a throwback to that time. A nice old, small wooden grandstand. Um, just a, a great little place to catch a game surrounded by woods uh this place was back in the day it was an amusement park built by one of the local companies for their employees you know it was one of those little factory towns so they wanted to make stuff for the employees to do Furniture. yeah they built this amusement park where the mm -hmm. people would go and part of the amusement park was the was the baseball field they used to hold uh you know semi-pro games there and stuff back in the day the the grandstand has burnt down and been rebuilt a couple times but it's still Got that nice old-timey feel, and we went there during the height of the pandemic, so you couldn't really roam around. Um, but what they did is for concessions, you bought your $10 ticket, you got $10 worth of food, and they had waitresses and waiters coming around, so you didn't have to leave your seat, which kind of, you know, stinks for a ballpark traveler like ourselves, because we like to explore the ballpark, but you got to sit there and get waited on and catch the game. We had our seats actually in... The skybox, there was this giant raised platform out in right field. So we were up in the right field skybox. And, and you know, in the summer college leagues, $10 goes a long way. We, we actually mm -hmm. ate quite a bit for, for our $20 combined. So that was a that was a great time for us. Shoulder Park in Amsterdam. It's no secret why Amsterdam attracts some of the best players in that league and why they're always amongst the pennant contenders in the perfect game league. Hunter Pence played in Amsterdam for years, among others.
You say you're going to have to Amsterdam good time when you go there. That's right. I thought you were going to throw our, an escort Amsterdam connection. I actually had one, but I skipped it. There you go. Yeah. The red light district. <laughs> so Mark, Amsterdam, how, about, how about you now that you're back with us? Uh, never never underestimate. Yeah, uh, both of my dogs are barking like mad outside. I guess somebody oh, – I, I live on a cul-de-sac, so I guess when somebody walks their dog – they see this dog and they have to bark at them hysterically. And being that I live on a cul-de-sac, it takes a little while for that dog to get out of their sight. So that was right when I was about to go on. So I didn't think you want to hear me talking over my dog. I have a Chihuahua and a Yorkie, and that Chihuahua barks at a high pitch because he's a Chihuahua. Uh, I would tell you my, my, my biggest surprise, I was in Indianapolis and I went to review the old uh, baseball stadium that's now uh, Lofts. They're called Stadium Lofts. So I drove by Victory Field where the uh, Indians play, and they actually had a baseball game going on there, uh, unbeknownst to me. I did not know a game was taking place. It was a high school tournament. So I jumped in line, and I got to watch my first baseball game, first sporting event uh, post-COVID. Uh, so that was a surprise. I had been to this venue. I know everything about Victory Field. But that was a surprise. I didn't know a game was being played. I would say my the most pleasant surprise I had this year has to be probably from some of the high school gyms that I went to. Indian Creek has a small sunken gym, but the place was a near sellout. It was beautifully designed with a, a nice court uh, logos and colors. They had a section in the corner that was, uh, it's like a little museum with uh, trophy cases because this high school formed in 1967 from three local schools, they, they consolidated to form Indian Creek High School. So they had this nice little display of uh, clothing and trophies and artifacts and, and senior cords. Uh, so that was really cool to see. I don't see things like that at, at basketball venues here in Indiana. And then I was up in Munster, Indiana, which is close to Chicago, and their team plays in this giant dome building. I mean, as soon as you walk in, you're just floored. Because it's just such a cool-looking roof. Another great crowd of basketball being played that night. And, um, you know, you don't see a lot of pictures or videos of these facilities, unlike, you know, major league or minor league. So sometimes you don't know what you're getting into. You think you do. Uh, and it's not until you step foot and see a nice crowd of near capacity cheering on their team uh, that you truly, you know, get to realize what you're doing. So, I would say those two basketball gyms were, were probably my favorites as surprises. Nice. Uh, and yeah, that's the best thing. That's why we include the surprises category because we yeah. talk a lot about the big venues and stuff. But sometimes your best experiences come when you when you discover a little high school gym that's packed to the rafters or, yeah. or Shuttleworth Park in the middle of the woods that just takes your breath well, away. With I, mean, nice I mean, even like even like Shuttleworth Park, there's not a lot of, of pictures of that facility out there. You know, you have to search and then, you know, dig through the internet, you know, and, and you go up, you know, you went up there, you took photos and you can just go on stadium journey to look uh, for the photos of Shuttleworth Park. So, yeah, it looks like a charming little ballpark. Uh, I think the best view I had prior to your visit was uh, on Google Earth. You're able <laughs> to look at it through that. But, yeah, that's that, that's the thing with the small venues and the small high school and Division three. You don't always get good pictures. And if you do. It's a picture that somebody from the sports information department took prior to game day. Mm -hmm. So you just have the picture of the court. You know, it's yeah. not like and, Yankee Stadium or Wrigley where you have tons of pictures of yeah. these places. 
and that's what Stadium Journey does better than anybody else. I mean, I'll be biased, but you can go, yeah, like you said, you can get information about Wrigley Field in a billion different places or Yankee Stadium. But you want to go to these smaller places. What well, we go everywhere and anywhere, and we we have got the information you need. Anywhere you want to go, chances are somebody from Stadium Journey's been there. Yeah. All right. So that's we, not too far from the truth. That's not yeah. too far. That's almost on point. <laughs> so uh, we talked about all the good stuff that happened in 2020. Let's take a minute and talk about some of our disappointments. So COVID nineteen cancel yeah. trips. How many how many trips did you guys have planned? that COVID ended up canceling. Dave, how about you? Uh, I had two. Um, two plus infinity. I don't know. Yeah. So many of the little ones are, are sort of planned, but not really planned. Uh, I, I guess I was supposed to meet uh, uh, Lloyd Brown in, in Buffalo for a game, and that got canceled. Um, but the, there were two real big ones. My wife's uh partner retreat uh annual meeting was going to be in austin texas in october and Ooh, great city we had planned to come down early because uh, texas uh was going to play west virginia in football and a chance to go to dale daryl k royal stadium uh for the texas Long longhorns uh, would have been amazing a uh, total college football hotbed uh and not not to mention um you know, they were people have talked about. You know, you get the COVID nineteen, the you, you the nineteen pounds you gain, uh, which you know I'm sure we did anyway. But we would have gained that nineteen pounds in Texas eating <laughs> eating all that barbecue anyway. No doubt, Austin, Austin especially. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but the big one that we uh, the big one that we we kind of lost out on. Um, I had always promised my kids that when they were 16, they could pick any regular season game, well, any regular season destination, and we would go to a game there. So my daughter, uh, maybe in an attempt to curry favor with me, had decided that she wanted to see the Colorado Avalanche, and our March break trip was going to be to Denver. We had the flights picked and booked and everything, and... Uh, we had it worked out. We were going to the Avalanche. We were going to go to see the Denver Nuggets. We were going to see the Colorado Rapids of Major League Soccer. Uh, I was kind of crossing my fingers uh, that there was a possibility we could see um, an NIT uh, basketball game because those are on campus. And there was it was right about that time maybe we would get to see like Colorado or Colorado State or something like that play. Um, but yeah, when when it all came down, it was just the week before March break, and then poof, there there went the trip. So we did okay with our getting our money back. Um, uh, we got our money straight away from the hotel, and uh, StubHub gave us credit, a uh, hundred, I think one hundred and twenty-five percent credit. So that's pretty good. If I ever go to sports again, if not, then. That was dumb of me for not taking money. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, we've got some flight credits, which are a little dicey that we're waiting on. But uh, that was it. Yeah, this is going to be a sad part of the show for sure. Mark, how about you? Any uh, any trips this year get canceled? Well, I was not planning any trip. The, the, the only definite trip that I was going to was uh, check out some high school sectional basketball in uh, 
at the Case Arena in Frankfurt, Indiana, uh, I had sent uh, a message to let the uh, athletic director know that I was coming. And then he responded to me a few days later, don't come. So that's, that's how that began. Uh, I, would, I would tell you this. I was starting to map out a possible Charlotte trip. I was either going to fly or drive to Charlotte, North Carolina, and check out their ballpark. I have not been to that stadium yet. And we do Beautiful. think, I think, we, I think we need an updated review. So, uh, and I was also going to check out the new Canapolis ballpark, which is nearby in Gastonia. And I was going to probably drive to Asheboro or High Point or Forest City or Fayetteville. So you kind of see where this was going. Charlotte would be my hub. And then I would sort of branch off and check out some venues for about a week if, every, if everything worked out. And I think I was up to maybe about four ballparks that fit into my schedule. Uh, and, as soon as uh, COVID came, I looked at my map and just chucked it. I said, okay, there goes that plan. Maybe I'll, I'll revisit it once uh, we get back to normal. And unfortunately, here we are in December. We're not back yeah, to normal. So, still waiting. Uh, yeah, that, that's the only planned trip that I had. Uh, I didn't have anything major, major set up. Uh, I'm trying to think. Were there any? I, I don't even think there's any really new ballparks. Nearby, I would say the only other trip I thought about is when I think some of the prospect league clubs, the summer collegiate clubs in Quincy and Springfield were going to play. I said, oh, maybe, maybe I'll just take a trip out there just because it's only four, four or five hours. No, four hours away. Uh, that'd be a very easy small trip to do because by June in, in July, you're like starving mad to go someplace. So then, uh, I, I had a list of, uh, you know, collegiate teams that I thought would play because some of them did play. Unfortunately, most of them did cancel. So there was sort of like this death watch who was going to play, who wasn't going to play. And I was at the point where I was desperate to go to any venue of any size just to check it out, do a YouTube video and write a review. And one by one, they were all canceling left and right. Um, it was, it was that type of summer, but. I did get to see a few games, so I can't complain. Yeah, there's no shortage of places around the Charlotte area, North Carolina. If you want to do a good baseball trip and not yeah. drive all over the yeah. place, there's a ton of teams out there. I know. And then if I had driven out there, I would have checked out some of the Appalachian clubs, Appalachian League clubs as well, uh, which I still can. They're still around. A little different, though, but they're still around. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. If we even have a minor league season in 2021, let's well, that's, let's cross our fingers. Yes, that that's a possibility. Oof. Two years in a row. Yeah, can't imagine. Oh, me neither. All right, for me, um, I didn't have any planned trips that were canceled, but we had a we had a bunch. We actually had three different trips that were pretty well formed that we had to cancel out. Uh, the first one was going to be around my birthday. Uh, Pam had actually playing this one we were going to catch the red sox in boston i think on my birthday um or the day before and then head down to pittsburgh catch the pirates because the red sox were playing in pittsburgh actually they were playing in pittsburgh on my birthday so start in boston go to pittsburgh catch two games there catch the mets on the way back so that would have been a nice long weekend right there that got canceled and uh just this past week the patriots actually played two games in L.A., they played the Chargers and the Rams at the new SoFi Stadium. One game was on a Sunday. The next was on a Thursday. So we were going to go back to L.A. twice in one year. 
and catch two Patriots games. That obviously didn't happen. That one actually didn't get very far at all in planning. But the big trip that we had planned for August, which got canceled, was a Tennessee trip mm -hmm. in uh, the end of August, which would have been fantastic. We were going to fly in on a, probably on a sat either on a Saturday morning or a Friday night. Saturday night, we were going to catch the Tennessee Titans. Oh, so this had to be a Friday because it was a preseason game on a Friday night. Then we were going to catch in order. We were going to have a hub in Nashville and a hub in Memphis. So we were going to catch in order. Chattanooga, Bowling Green, Rocket City, Trash Pandas, uh, the Nashville Sounds, Jackson Generals, Memphis. What's the Memphis? Red. Memphis Redbirds. And mm -hmm. then, uh, then the Arkansas Travelers. And then fly back home from Memphis. That was going to be a, a fantastic trip, a minor league baseball trip, uh, but obviously didn't happen. So that was my big trip that got canceled. Um, the good news for us you is you know what we didn't we didn't even mention that uh, a big trip for many that was canceled was the Steam Journey Convention, which yes. was going to be in the Paul Baker backyard. Yeah, <laughs> and who doesn't want to go there? Yeah, this year, uh, Dave, you cut out again. So, yeah, the, the Stadium Journey get-together this summer was going to be the Pawtucket Red Sox at McCoy Stadium. And also, the New England Collegiate Baseball League had their All-Star game that same weekend. So we were going to combine them both. Uh, they're about equal distance from my house and have a big party at my house. But that didn't happen. So we'll see what happens next year because, you know, you can't do McCoy Stadium next year. So, mm -hmm. yeah, every, and I'm sure that if uh, we ask our listeners, there's – so many aborted plans out there that did, just didn't happen. So uh, one last question, guys. Since everything shut down early in March, really, uh, you know, put the kibosh on all of our traveling, how many games did you get to go to once things closed down? But between March and today, how many games did you get to go to in 2020? Dave? Well, I had that, uh, that Toronto FC game uh, from the bubble in Orlando, uh, the playoff game that I that I projected on my shed outdoors. We had a good time, uh, but that was it. So <laughs> in the zero, venue, zero, zero in say. since March. Wow, and, and no, uh, uh, I, I didn't have any in March. No relief in sight either up there and north of the border. Nope, nope. Doesn't even look like. Uh, well, now they're talking that NHL might not even happen up here. Although, truth be told, we did have all of the NHL playoffs were, were in Edmonton and Toronto, so yeah, but, no but nobody was there. Mark, how about you? How many games were you able to get to in 2020 once everything shut down? Seven. 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 I, I went to uh, the National Pastime High School Tournament in Victory Field. I went to Lexington Legends, Florence Shawls, the Lemonade League in Lansing. Loose City. I went to Indy 11 at Lucas Oil, and then of course Traverse City. So um, seven games. I was supposed to go to uh, Miami of Ohio to see football. Uh, that got canceled. And yeah, seven. I think I went to 15 prior to March, which is a pretty exceptional <laughs> number of games in that amount of time. So from 15 to seven is uh, is a steep decline. Yeah. We're hanging in there. Yeah, my, my story is pretty similar to yours. Uh, by January and February, we're super busy between uh, my announcing gigs and Stadium Journey. I was at least 
one game every Saturday and every Sunday. Um, but since everything shut down, my number is the same as yours, Mark. I was at seven games. Oh, we're tied. And that's just because because of uh, basically because of the Futures League. That yeah. was the, the only summer college league that played around here. So I made it up to home and, fe- home and field in Nashville, New Hampshire twice. Made it to Doyle Field to see the Worcester Bravehearts. Uh, caught the New Britain Bees at New Britain Stadium. Uh, a new ballpark that I hadn't been to was uh, Billy Bowens Field in Westfield, Massachusetts to see the Starfires. And then I, uh, we snuck into New York State twice, once to Glens Falls and once to Amsterdam. So that was everything I got to see from March on. Yeah, you just happened to be in the right spot for uh, for travel. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, but you I know do. what? Yeah, we're talking about um, seven summer college games. A normal summer for me is probably four or five times that. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were glad to get those seven, I tell you. No, I tell you, you I was I was happy to get those seven as well. Because, uh, I mean, I was even, like the Lemonade League that was held in Lansing, they didn't make the announcement when they were going to start to play. They said, oh, we'll start this, you know, once we get COVID restrictions, you know, offered from the, the governor. So it wasn't as if you were told two, three months before. It might have been a week before. Okay, we're playing next week. I'm like, okay. I got nothing else going on, so I'll make that trip. Yeah, and I think uh, not only the, the four of us, but I think all of our listeners, too, are in the same boat. We're just we're itching to get to go somewhere. But, uh, you know, if you do get the chance to go to a game, everybody, please do it safely. Take the right precautions. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Hopefully uh, the, uh, the shots are coming. The vaccines are coming. Um, and we'll all be able to uh, get back to. I'm not going to take that vaccine. You know what, Dan? I, I couldn't believe this. Uh, I'm going to get personal for a second. Good I good. work at a hospital, as you all know. Yeah. I had an in-depth knock down, drag out debate with people who work at a hospital about getting a vaccine for this. Blew my mind. I know firefighters, firefighters who make their living putting on a mask and going into a fire who will have a hissy fit about putting on a mask to go grocery shopping. American. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, well. So before we get too political... Let's, uh, this is a good place to, to, uh, I don't know why, I don't know why living during a pandemic is political, but I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we've had this discussion. I know what you mean. (laughs) I I just wanted to make that point. All right. So that's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks everybody for tuning in, for listening. Thanks for all your support throughout 2020 and beyond. Um, usually we like to end the show by talking about where we've been, but as, You've, if you've listened this far, you know, well, we're not going anywhere right now. So let's just wrap it up there with a nice little bow. Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, follow me when I'm unbanned uh, on, at Dan 93 Got to stop saying those naughty words. All I said was that Eric was white trash. Oh, God. That's oh, all no. I said. You can follow the Stadium Journey podcast after we're stopped being banned. No. <laughs> oh, boy. Mark, where can our listeners follow you online? You can follow me at Ballpark Hunter on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, check it out this week. I feature Ballpark Foods Volume 3. It's me stuffing my face with all sorts of delights. That's on Ballpark Hunter at YouTube.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. Dave, where can our listeners follow you online? 
Nowhere. Since we can't hear Dave, I will tell you all Pro that you can follow. Nine. There you go, Profan9. <laughs> you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter and Instagram at PuckmanRI. I actually have a YouTube channel too. There's maybe two videos on it, but it's there. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, YouTube. All of that type of downloading free. That is me. It's great when everything lines up. I don't like these people who have different handles for all the channels. You yeah, can't no, find it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Stop it. Grow your brand. Grow your brand. It was bad thinking. Bad thinking. Am I part. back now? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yes. Where can we follow you, Dave? Uh, follow me at ProFan9 on Twitter. But check this out. You guys would totally dig this one. Ed Wiles, the Rebel League, all about the World Hockey Association. Uh, and uh, some really shocking links to uh, Slapshot. Is it shocking? I I was shocked. Oh. They talk about the Chair Hill Arena that had fence instead of plexiglass and a hill in the middle of the ice and no. They did. They that was the only the only arena that had fence instead of plexiglass. Yeah, <laughs> they all did back in the day. Yeah, well, the chicken wire. This town could have afforded to put glass in a goddamn arena. Okay, Cherry Hill, no doubt. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so when I hear that story, I'm like, man, come on. I do like that the team, the visiting team, would get changed at the Holiday Inn uh, across the bridge in Philly. Ride the bus over, <laughs> walk in their gear to the stupid arena because they didn't have enough room for people. Uh, it's fucking, that's funny to me. All right, everybody. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, anything else I forgot at Stadium Journey. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. I just said that. You can find the Stadium Journey podcast at vocnation.com. Or if you're on your cell phone, everybody's got one of these nowadays. Just uh, search VOC Nation Radio Network on whatever podcast app you use. And we simulcast live, except for this one because of the holidays. But usually we simulcast live every other Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. Everyone, thanks again for joining us. We'll get together again in two weeks. I don't think we have settled on a topic yet, but uh, we'll come up with something. So for Dan Calachico, for Mark Viquez, and for Dave Cotton, I'm Paul Baker. Until next time, we want to wish all of you happy holidays. Wish everyone all the best in the coming year. Let's all be safe. Let's hope we can all start having stadium journeys real soon. Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are 
Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. This is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.